Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. The title of my message tonight is Infused in His Presence. Infused in His Presence. Acts chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. The, the Word of God says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men's servants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. Lord, we ask the blessing, my God, on your reading and the hearing and the doing of your word tonight. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Right here, Peter is speaking a verse here about the last days. It's a, it's a repeat scripture. He's echoing Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. He's quoting Joel. And God here is speaking through Peter and repeating what he said years earlier through the prophet Joel. You see, when God repeats something, he is reemphasizing to be clear and to confirm the importance of what he's saying. He's saying in the last days. Now, if we know anything about eschatology, the last days doesn't mean the last generation. It could be 20 or 50 or 100 years, but how many know we're living in the last times, in the end times? The world is in chaos. Hello, somebody. You know, I, I lived a life of chaos, but even though I come from that background, I sense a big, deep, darkening world. Hello, somebody. Amen. And God has called us to live right so that we could be a light in the midst of darkness. Now, what, 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 what Peter is saying here that God is saying, he said, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. How many old guys we got in here that still got some dreams? Are you with me? And on my men's servants and my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. God is pouring out his spirit so people, me and you, can prophesy. The word prophesy here means to tell the truth. Are you here with me tonight? John said in 8.32, he said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. God is pouring out his spirit on us so that me and you can set others free. God is pouring out so, we, so, that, so he can pour in, which causes an infusion. Infusion means to be poured into. God's desire is to pour himself into me and you. The scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Colossians 1, says, to whom God will to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is what? Christ in us. I mean, or follow me tonight. God is pouring out on us to pour into us, which causes me and you to be infused. Now, what is God pouring out? He's pouring out gifting. Some of you, God is pouring out some powerful giftings. You're going to do some great things for God. God is pouring out wisdom. Amen. We always need somebody in the room that got a brain on them. Are you with me here tonight? God is pouring out understanding and knowledge and love and compassion. He's pouring out his anointing. 
God is pouring out strength. Are you with me here? God is pouring out. And if you want some, you need to get some. Now, if we don't fill up on God or with his presence, we will fill up on other stuff because we're meant to be full on something. I try to be full on that hair run. Are you following me here tonight? Try to be full on the, on the world. Some of us get filled with emotion. Amen. We get full of anger. Are you hearing me? Some people are full of pride and arrogance. Some are full of criticism. Amen. Others are full of lust. Are you hearing me tonight? Negativity, full of self, full of hurts. You see, the, word, the root word for infusion is fuse or fused, which means to be melted together. It's like taking two separate pieces of metal and welding it together to make one piece and give it the same strength throughout. That's infusion. Our brain is protected by our cranium. Our cranium is comprised of nine separate bones that have been fused or melted together to become one and to protect the most sensitive area of our body. God pours into us so that we can pour unto others. God set us free so we can set others free. Therefore, if the Son makes you free, amen, you shall be free indeed. You got something to give somebody. Are you here tonight? Somebody in Hayward, California, in the heart of the bay, needs to know about the Jesus that lives inside of you. So we're to give out what God has given us. So I ain't got nothing to give somebody for Christmas. Yes, you do. You got Jesus. God pours out, and then God pours in. And we pour out, and then we go back to God and get some more. Are you with me? Some of you know about getting some more. Hello, somebody. Amen. Amen. When we use what God gives us, we go back to God and get filled up again, which causes our capacity to grow. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? It causes our capacity. Well, I, I had that much. I need a little bit more. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? Some, are, some of us might be coming to God with the same old cup. Hallelujah. God wants to give you a bigger cup. He wants you to give you more. Hallelujah. Tonight. Our purpose is to stay full of God or to be infused in his presence. And if we're going to win this world and set people free, we need to stay filled and not on empty. Three ways to be on empty. First, not going back to God to be filled up. When's the last time you've been on full of the presence of God? Hello, somebody. Secondly, not using what God has given you. When you don't use what God gives you, it evaporates. Are you with me? Amen. Eventually, life will dry it up. And thirdly, not living a pure life. Sin causes leaks. Sin is an archery term, which means to fall short. And when we're falling short, it's hard to help others with their shortcomings. Amen. Or to be concerned with others. The infilling of God will leak out when we're not living right. What are we to be infused with? Well, it is God's desire to fill us with his presence. How many want some Jesus? Hello, somebody. The question is, it is, is it our desire to be filled with God's presence? Let me tell you a little bit about the presence of God. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19 says, it says that times of refreshing come 
from the presence of the Lord. The word refresh in the Greek means to be revived. Amen. Man, I, you know, I was feeling down the other day, but when I got into church and they started worshiping, hallelujah, amen, I felt that God told me there's a place to go to in the midst of chaos, and it is the presence of Almighty God. That word revive means to catch your breath, amen, or to let God breathe into you. David said in Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy. The word in Hebrew, soba, means satisfaction. It means nothing else can be fit in. In other words, it's topped off. It means that when we're in his presence, there's no need for anything else. Hello, somebody. David said in Psalms 51:11, in a prayer of repentance, David said, cast me not away from your presence. God, I know I messed up. Jesus, I, I blew it, amen, but don't, don't turn your face away from me. Hello, somebody. What David was saying here is don't turn your face from me, but look at me like a father looks at his son with love. Even though I messed up, God, I still need you in my life. Even though I didn't do things right, I still need you in my heart, in my life, in my walk. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, I need you now more than ever. Amen. David wrote in Psalm 67, in verse 1 and 2, he said, God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause your face to shine upon us that you may be known on earth and your salvation among all the nations. The word shine means to illuminate or to light up. Amen. This little light of mine, amen, I'm going to let it shine. Amen. Let your light so shine, the Bible says. We need God's presence to reach the world. And I want to talk to you tonight about a couple of avenues to be infused with God's presence. An avenue is a way of access or a route. The first avenue that I want to talk to you about, there's seven of them. I'm going to do three tonight. The first avenue is while we are laying down or while we are sleeping. So tell somebody, wake up. The word sleep means to relax or to rest or to replenish or to rejuvenate or to reinvigorate. Statistics show us that the average person spends a third of their life sleeping. There's 24 hours in a day. We spend seven or eight hours asleep. By the time we're 15 years old, we already slept five years. By the time we're 30, we slept 10 years. By the time we're 60, hello, somebody. We done slept 20 years and on and on. You see, when it comes to God in time, God is not governed in time. He is the Lord of time, and he encounters us at each and every moment of our existence. He don't wait till we wake up to talk to us. God wants to talk to you right there tonight. He is present at every moment, and sometimes God even takes advantage of our sleep to pour into us to speak to us, to fill us. He doesn't let us waste a third of our life, amen. But from time to time, he will visit us to infuse us with his presence while we are asleep. Let me give you a couple examples. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 through 21. I'm going to read the whole thing. We'll be here all night. Samuel was born as an answer to his mama's prayers. How many are praying for their children? 
Amen. His name means God is exalted. He became a priest, a prophet, a judge, and a kingmaker. Eli raised Samuel at the church house. And one night while they were sleeping, 1 Samuel records the first time that Samuel heard the voice of God. And God said, Samuel, Samuel. He called out his name four different times that night. The first three times, Samuel thought it was Eli calling him. But on the third time, Eli told Samuel to say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Hello, somebody. Somebody need to say, amen, talk to me, God. I need to hear from you. God spoke and revealed his plan for Israel. And sometimes while we were sleeping, God will pour a plan into us. Tell somebody, I need to hear from God. Our second example tonight is God spoke to, to Jacob in Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 through 17, while he was sleeping in a dream. Jacob was on his way somewhere. He didn't even know where he was going. But one night he found a brick, I mean a, a big old stone, and he put it for a pillow and laid down. The Bible says he had a dream. Angels ascending and descending from, 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 the, from a ladder. Hello, somebody. God gave Jacob while he was sleeping a reason to expect something. You might say, I ain't got nothing coming. I messed up. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 29, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. An heir means you're entitled to receive something, even if you messed up. Are you with me? You see, Jacob's, amen, the Bible says that Jacob woke up and said, what in the world just happened? Are you with me today? Surely the Lord is in this place, and I didn't know it. He said, this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. You see, you don't have to wait till you get to church for God to give you a promise. Wherever you lay down to sleep is the house of God. Some of you might be staying in somebody's garage tonight. God wants to speak to you. Some of you might be laying on a couch somewhere. I don't know, it might be tore up with a bunch of dog hair on it. God wants to speak to you. Some of you might be on the floor somewhere. Hallelujah. You might be in your car. You might be outside under a bridge. God can speak to you wherever you lay your head. Hallelujah. Sometimes we got to create an atmosphere for God to speak, though. We got to put on some Christian music, amen. Some worship music, set the tone. You know what I'm talking about, right? Sometimes we go to bed all worried. Bill collector been calling all day. You stressed out, man. You go to sleep, you know, all stressed, amen. Let me take a chill pill. Oh. Got anger, amen. Kids done got you crazy, amen. Uh. You had to throw out the food because you made it and they didn't eat it. Huh? Or we got fear, right? We walking around the house looking out the window. I got my house robbed one night. They came and I went to church. They came and pulled up a truck and unloaded it. Huh? Everything. Boy, everything that was worth something. Hello, somebody. They didn't take my suits, praise God. <laughs> Sometimes we go to bed wrong. We up at, you know, at Everett and Jones eating, you know, uh, 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 beef links all night, spending $18 on a plate. Uh, we down at Sinaitis eating burritos all night. Amen. Amen. 
or we're up taking no-dos and five-hour energies and rock stars and, and all that stuff, monsters and Red Bulls drinking coffee all night, amen, and then we want God to speak to us and we can't hear from God. Are you hearing me tonight? It's important every now and then there be peace for God to speak, amen. It's time to quit having nightmares. It's time to kick fear out of your house. Hello, somebody, amen. The devil will have us listen to him. You need to go home tonight and tell the devil you ain't got no house, no home in here. This is the house of God. Hello. Yeah, I got some bills. Yeah, I got some problems. Amen. But I'm, I'm filled up with God. Devil, if you want to fight with me, it's on. Hallelujah. I'm going to stay up all night and pray for my kids and my, and my family and my marriage. Hallelujah. The God that I serve, I'm an heir of God. I got something coming. Hallelujah from Jesus. Hallelujah. I got some power. It ain't from me. It's, some, it's God in me. Hello, somebody. Are you with me? So first avenue for God to infuse us is while we're sleeping. Secondly, it's while we are kneeling. Say kneeling. While we're kneeling. Amen. Kneel means, in the Hebrew, parak, it means to bless and adore God by kneeling. Psalms 95, 6. Kneeling is, first of all, it's an intentional place. You don't go somewhere and you go to the mall of Southland and they down there, they ain't kneeling. Hello, somebody. You only see it basically at church or at somebody's house, right? It's not a natural place. It's an intentional place. Somebody say intentional. Means to do it what? On purpose. Hello, somebody. The Bible says in Daniel 6.10 that Daniel intentionally got on his knees to pray, even under the threat of, of, uh, of death of losing his life. He intentionally got on his knees. Somebody say, amen. I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings tonight. Amen. Well, let's get on the knees. They used to tell us, how do I pick a wife? Well, check out her knees. Amen. Make sure she got some camel knees. Amen. I, I, mean, I looked at my wife and said, when I was dating her, I said, can I see your knees? Hello, somebody. Neology. It's not only an intentional place, but it's a place of strength and respect, kneeling. I remember one year Pastor Rick Elanese preached a message, and he said, uh, he goes, when I first got saved and I heard that minister preach, man, I said, wow, I want to preach like that. Wow, that's powerful. I want to preach. Man, that's what I want to do. He said, after a while, that went away. And then he walked into somebody's church like this, and it was packed out. And he said, man, man, I want to have a church like that. That's powerful. Look at these people, look at the screens, everything. It's not, man, I want that. That's what I want, God. And he said after a while it went away, and then one day he went to church on a Saturday morning to a prayer meeting, and he sent men at the altar crying on their knees, weeping before the presence of God, and he said, God, that's what I want. Hello, somebody. Give the Lord a hand clap tonight. It's not just an intentional place or a place of strength and respect. It's also a personal place. Somebody say personal. How many got, want, want to talk to God in a personal way? I don't know what you're going through. I can guess. Amen. But God knows what you're going through. See, a personal place is where we pour out our pain and we, we, where we fill up with power. Jesus in Matthew 26, he said, let this cup pass from me. He was pouring out his pain. One version says that he was in so much agony that drops of blood fell from his head. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. 
He poured out his pain, and God filled him with power. Are you hearing me tonight? Wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, pour it out before the presence of God. And don't leave that place, and don't get up until you get filled back up with the presence and the infusion of the power of God. There are three types of pain. The first pain is the pain of a soldier. What is the pain of a soldier? Well, the pain of a soldier is letting go of the past. Hello, somebody. Let it go. Tell somebody, let it go. Amen. God called you. Hallelujah. The end of one thing, hello, is the beginning of something else. God is getting ready to start something. Let all that go. The second pain is the pain of a warrior. Somebody of demonstrated courage. The pain of a warrior is living in the present. Waking up every day on the battlefield. Amen. Having to take care of the kids. Go to work. Pay your bills. Come to church. How many warriors we got in here tonight? Hello, somebody. Amen. You got to get up. You got to get busy for Jesus. Amen. And the third pain is the pain of a champion. What is a champion? A champion is a, is a soldier and a warrior together. The pain of a champion is never forget where you came from. Hello, somebody. I never forget that I came from these streets of Hayward, California. Hello. When they introduced me to speak, they say, Pastor John from the Bay Area. Hello, somebody. They even call me Norteno. Hello, somebody. I don't care. Hallelujah. They can call me whatever they want to call me. Hallelujah. But I have not forgot where I came from. I couldn't forget that I walked these streets. I went to jail. I lived on these streets and year in and year out. All messed up. Hallelujah. And I haven't forgot. And I'm back here tonight. Hallelujah. Listen. I've been around the world. I've been in other countries. I preached at the mama church. Hallelujah. I was all messed up. I didn't get no graduation certificate. Amen. I went to school in ninth grade and that's it. And then I went to the men's home and God saved me. And 30 years later, I'm still here. Hallelujah. Because of Jesus. Hallelujah. My last point tonight, the third avenue to infusion. Amen. To be infused with his presence is while we are sitting. Somebody say sitting. Sitting is a place of study. It's where we listen and where we learn. It's being a student of God. Learning solidifies us and makes us solid. It's where we become a student of his word. Not just for the sake of filling up with knowledge, but to have knowledge to know what to do. The saying goes, it's not what you got, but what you do with what you got. God wants to pour into us biblical knowledge so we can move out by faith and pour into others. No matter what situation you're in, you can still learn. I ask people, what are you going to learn? Well, I ain't got no money to go to Veti, or I ain't got time to study. You can still learn. Hello, somebody. Revelation chapter 1 talks about the apostle John who was on an island called Potmos named exile there on a lava rock hello banished from society for being a Christian and God the risen Christ told him write this down hello somebody are you with me get some pen and some paper and write it down amen get your iPhone and your iPad out and write it down Jesus at 12 years old was kicking it with the scholars in the temple learning and growing in knowledge. 
Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says, The Lord answered me and said, Write the vision down and make it plain on the tablets, that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. Hallelujah. It's going to happen, heart of the bay. But at the end, it will speak everything that you guys went to through. Amen. It's going to speak. It's not going to lie. It's going to tell the truth, and the truth will set people free. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Hallelujah. Do we have the keyboard here tonight? Where's my man at? There he is. He was here last time I came, huh? Praise the Lord. We love you, man. We love you. Good job. Hallelujah. I'm trying to catch my breath. I'm fat and old, amen, and bald-headed. I ain't as old as Ismo, though. Where's Ismo? Ismo, I know Ismo. He stole my leather coat, man. Yeah. I went, I went to a party, and he took off on my jacket. That was about 1973. Amen. I'm still trying to get my coat back. How many ready to learn? In 1906, many years ago, there was an earthquake up north right here in San Francisco, California. And there was also a fire down south. It was called the Azusa Street Revival. That fire didn't start in Los Angeles, though. It started in Louisiana in the heart of a man named William Big Daddy Seymour. See, the fire of God always starts in a man. Hello, somebody. He was an African-American man. He lost his eyesight one of his eyes, and his parents were slaves who had just been set free. But they stayed at the plantation to work, and William had been attending church. And with his eagerness to learn more about God, he moved to Houston, Texas, where he attended a Bible college, where he learned about the infilling, the infusion of the Holy Spirit under a man named Charles Parnham. Then there he, he went out, to Los Angeles to teach. He started in a church. The next week he went back. They padlocked the church and they wouldn't even let him in. But someone opened their house up at 214 North Bonnie Bray Street. It's still there today, right by the, by the UTC LA. So many people came that the porch broke. So they looked around for a place to meet and they found a broke down shack at 312 Azusa Street. They paid $8 a month to rent that place. His pulpit was two empty shoe boxes. William taught what he had learned at that school, and thousands came, black folks and white folks, Latin and Asian. It was never heard of, and the Spirit of God fell in that place. And people were filled and infused with the Holy Spirit. Miracles happened. Healings, deliverance happened. People went throughout the whole world, amen, and started works for God. William Baxter, Big Daddy Seymour was a catalyst for the spread of the infilling and the infusion of the presence of God in the 20th century. But the most impressive thing that I got from the story of William Bag Big Daddy Seymour is that when he went to school to learn about the Holy Spirit in Houston, Texas, to learn about God, they wouldn't even let him in the classroom. 
he had to sit in the hallway with the door cracked open to hear somebody teach about the presence of God living inside of us. I don't know if many of us know, but Victory Outreach started in 1967, but it started in the heart of Pastor Sonny Argonzoni. He didn't come here to start a church. He came here to be a student at a school called Los Angeles Bible Institute, L-A-B-I, La Puente Bible Institute. He came here to learn. He came here to learn, and God filled him with a vision. God filled him with purpose. Amen. Whether you're sleeping, you're kneeling, you're sitting, God wants to fill you here tonight. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can have a couple of singers up here. Drummer. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Same song. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands in this place tonight. Hallelujah. We're not done yet. Like Pastor Steve Pineda used to say, the Holy Spirit is moving in and through these hallways. It's, a, it's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I remember him saying that. He used to say, like a turtle on a fence. And I used to say, what does that mean? He said, you ever seen a turtle on a fence? And I said, no. If you did, somebody put him there. So I've always used that. How do we get here? Somebody put me here. How did you make it here, John, 30 years later? God put me here. Hello, somebody. Amen. God put me here. He gave me a wife. Hello. A young, pretty wife. Hello, somebody. Matter of fact, she turned, I'm 50, I'll be 55. She turns 40 years old this Sunday, my wife's birthday. Amen. I wasn't even trying to go there. Hello, somebody. God is good. She's a good person. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, I'm going to pray for some of you here tonight. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Lord, we come before you tonight. And we thank you, God, for this place, the heart of the bay. We thank you for Pastor Stevon and, and his leadership and his team here. I sense victory here. I sense a good spirit here, Lord. I sense, my God, something here that wants to have, something that wants to birth, something wants to come together. And God, I give you all the praise and all the glory for that. Let it continue to happen, God. Move and touch people here tonight. And we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory for that. Hallelujah.